All right, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans sponsored by Lion Bowl Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and feature type today, I am super thrilled, honored, and excited. None other than Long Down. Now, Long, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you, my friend. This is absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I look at your previous guest, you know, 213th episode, right? So 212. There's some awesome names on there. I'm very honored to be on your show, Greg. Hey, you know what? You you are among greatness, my friend. There's so many incredible people, as you said, and you are definitely there among them long. And uh, I can't wait for everybody out there just to, uh, for us to dive through the series of questions, really get to know you as a man, as a professional, and why you do what you do and into the levels that you do it at. So uh, I guess without further ado, Long, let's just start with the first one, which is really just introducing yourself to the audience, you know, who you are, where you're from, what, why you do what you do, kind of your path through your career to today. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how far you want to go back, right? Hey, as uh, far back as you uh, want to go. I right. So I'm, uh, I'm originally from Vietnam. Okay. I came to America when I was uh, 13 years old by myself uh, mm -hmm. as a boat person. So anyone who know about history, remember the Vietnam War when the American left. So back even a little bit further, mm -hmm. uh, my dad uh, and my mom both got a scholarship to Florida State University. I got to tag along with them from when I was 11 month old till I was four years old. Then we mm -hmm. went back to Vietnam. My dad came back with a PhD, my mom with a master. Wow. So when the communists came in, uh, most communists regime have this thing called re-education camp. Okay. So anyone who can think for themselves is, you know, uh, a threat. Mm -hmm. So they would arrest anyone who can think for themselves, doctors, you know, attorney, po poet, musician, you name it. My dad was a professor. Okay. So I was eight years old. My two younger brothers were four and two. I did not see him again till I was 32 years old. Okay. Get so, out, long, yeah. Long. So then uh, during that time, you know, in Vietnam, back then, uh, the economy was really bad when they first came in. This is in 1975 to about, you know, uh, 1980s or so. Hmm. And, uh, you know, my mom was working two jobs. She was teaching. I became the man of the house, uh, you know, between the age of eight and 13. Hmm. Uh, every day I remember, man, after school, I would go line up for two hours because during that time it was called the rationed period. Whoa. So if you had money, you couldn't go to the grocery store or the store to buy anything. They mm -hmm. rationed you everything based on the, the, how many people live in your household, right? Wow. So my grandparents lived with us at the time. That's just how it works because my dad was the oldest in the, there. Mm -hmm. So uh, every day after school, I go line up for two hours to get whatever ration for the day. Tuesday could be the ration for spices. Wow. Two, Wednesday could be rice, Thursday could be protein, whatever it is. That was my job after, you know, school uh, to go do that for our family. Mm -hmm. um, so right about 13, um, my mom had tried to get me out of the country because my dad was a polit political prisoner is what they call him. Wow. And because of that, I was on the blacklist. I could not go past high school. They both really big on education, right? Yeah. Went to America, went, came back. They, they wanted a better future for myself. I was the oldest of three boys. So they tried to, to, to get me to leave the country through smuggling. So right. how it works back then, the boat people wow. is uh, uh, these river fishing boats. Because in Asia, there's this major uh, river called the Mekong River. Okay. That feeds through all the country until it feeds into the ocean, right? Mm. Including going through Vietnam. So fishing boat built secret compartment underneath. And you would smuggle people under so then wow. this boat would fish down the river until it gets out to international waters. That was kind of how it worked. Wow. 
Wow. So uh, this was my third try. The first time didn't work. The second time I actually got caught. But because I was only 13, 12 at the time by myself, I, I got to go home. Mm. So the third try, I was 13 years old. And, um, you know, I, I remember this pretty vividly actually tell the story quite a bit too, just yeah. to share, you know, because I want people to realize how lucky we have it in America, oh you know? Gosh, um, yeah. So I remember it was like a weeknight. I knew I was going to be trying again because my mom had told me that, but you don't want to, they don't, they didn't want to tell me when, because I'm a kid. I might tell my brothers, my friend, right. And now oh. it's a smuggling operation. So it, it could go bad. So, uh, so my mom, the first couple of try cost a lot of money to buy a spot on the boat. So she's an entrepreneur herself. I think that's probably where I learned a lot of my skills too. Wow. So she was probably helping find other people to connect them with the operation. And she's earned a free spot for me in the boat, so mm. to speak. So it was like a weeknight. I remember my brothers got to go to my cousin for a sleepover, which is not normal on a school night, right? Okay, we, in yeah. Vietnam, education is pretty important. So Wow. I wasn't smart enough to, you know, to be more aware of my environment. I would go, ah, something's not right, you know. And uh, uh, I remember my grandma making me my favorite meal that day is like barbecue pork. Mm. I didn't have to fight my brother for food because back in Vietnam during that time, protein was pretty scarce. Wow. We used to have like a little tiny piece of meat, heavily salted, just to eat with rice, so that you know we can have a couple of bowl of rice with maybe an ounce of, of, of meat, right? Wow. So I remember going, God, this is cool. You know, I'm not fighting my brothers. I'm getting all this stuff. Hmm. And then uh, in the in the Asian culture, especially the Vietnamese too, mm -hmm. we don't share a lot of emotion. It's not like, you know, public display of emotion. So, so it, I should have realized my mom, my grandma that night was like putting me to bed early, was telling me how much they love me. I'm like, you know, this is kind of cool. I'm getting all this attention. I should have figured this out, right? Uh, yeah. So it was next morning. It's pretty early in the morning. I found out later. It was like 3 o'clock or something. My mom woke me up and uh, said, hey, it's time to go. And I know it's go time. Because right? wow. I kind of been prepared for this. I just didn't know when. Sure. My grandma said she loved me. My mom took me by bicycle about an hour out of the city. Wow. This is a little like bicycle, like, you know, biking. I'm yeah. standing in the back. I was little. I was 13, but I was really small at the time. Okay. And, uh, you know, we met with a, a strange man I've never met before. And like, hey, you know, she said, hey, I love you. I'm proud of you. All this other stuff. I was thinking at the time, Greg, is that mm -hmm. this is my third try. Okay. I'm thinking, mom, I'll see you in a couple of days. That's what <laughs> happened the last two times, right? <laughs> Fair um, enough. It didn't quite hit me at the time. That was goodbye. You know, uh -huh. I'm like, hi, mom. You know, whatever. I'm 13, right? I think it's an adventure. This is going to be cool. We'll see what happens. Um, so, uh, this man took me another hour on a moped now it's motorized okay. uh, outside the city to, you know, where you see in movies, rice paddies, right? I grew up in the city. I didn't even see rice paddies <laughs> until movies or two at that time. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I, I arrived and I, and I was the last of the, my group. And in my group, there was eight people. Wow. So what happened is you meet in smaller groups mm -hmm. and then you take these, uh, dinghy to the big boat, which is not even that big when you compare to, to boats. Sure. So uh, we were there. It was still dark out. I remember we were now walking through rice paddy. I was really small, mm. about minutes, but it felt a long time for me. I'm like struggling okay. to keep up with people I'm by myself. I don't know anybody. Mm. Um, and then we got in a little boat and we went to the bigger boat. And we were kind of like the last group to arrive. And I remember going down because you go down to the secret compartment we, that mm. they built underneath, right? 
I'm, I'm sitting in my office right now, just a normal 10 by 10. Yeah. Just think about two of those, maybe two and a half. I was one of 153 people. Okay. Wow. So I came down and I'm going, God, this is pretty crowded. But just like last time, yeah. my last time, the boat was even smaller, hmm. uh, but it was less people too. Okay. So now I'm down there cramped up. I didn't realize how long it was, mm-hmm. but it was dark down there all the time. The boat was fishing through. We go through checkpoints and mm-hmm. then it's pretty corrupt back there. So okay. we would pay the Coast Guard money to bribe them to let us through, right? Because they can uh-huh. tell the boat's sinking. I mean, there's a lot of extra people down there, right? Something's not right. <laughs> Something's <laughs> going on. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So uh, that's how we got caught last time. They took our money and they turned us in. Okay, uh-huh. That's how my second okay. try. Okay. So anyways, we are lucky enough to went through all the checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, later I found out it was three days. But imagine... For me, it felt like an eternity. Three days in the dark. If you've been outside to concert, camping, I know with COVID, all this stuff seems yeah. not even real anymore. Sure, sure. And you go to a satellite outside mm-hmm. to use the, the bathroom. It hasn't been cleaned in days, okay? And it's hot and it's humid. And you're in there. You want to do your business. You want to get out. Yeah. Imagine being in there for three days. Because oh. people throw up. People go number one, number two, because you got nowhere to go, right? Oh, yeah, it's all in there, yeah. That's right. And the water's really, you know, rough and stuff like that. Uh, That's what it was like. Wow. So this time, we got farther than my last try. Okay. We got out to international water. So what that happened is we float until we get out to international water. Mm-hmm. Then everyone come up uh, on top. This is when you see pictures, movies, videos of hundreds of people on top of a little fishing boat. Wow. That's what happened. Okay. We all didn't get to go on top. So... I remember I was pretty polite. I was taught as a young guy, right? Help people mm-hmm. out. So I'm kind of helping people out. I was one of the last few to, to come on the top. Okay. And Greg, I still remember that feeling, man. It uh, felt like I went from hell to heaven. Yeah. Just that fresh air, dude. Hmm. We take for granted. I'm like, oh my God, you know, this smells great. You know, I mean, I've been down in the shithole for like, excuse my French, right? Like, <laughs> like, okay. And I didn't even know it's been only that long. It felt like much longer. Oh, so, man. So I remember getting excited because this is as far as I've gotten hmm. because the last try, I didn't make it this far. Right. Wow. But it was short lived because I look around and everyone seemed really scared. And also okay. it hit me. I remember now that I've been told this is what we call the point of no return. Oof. If you got this far, you're not going to be caught anymore to get to go home. Now either you live or you die. So wow. it's about 50 percent survival rate. I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm a flip of a coin sitting here talking to you, right? Because wow. I, I could not have been here. So this will describe who I am quite a bit later on. But yeah. so we floated and the plan is you float until someone sees you in a vast ocean with river fishing boat that you can't, it's not made for ocean, right? Made for yeah. river. Sure. So what happened, this is in the early eighties. Hmm. So the economy was really bad back then for those who are my age or older. Sure, the younger sure. one may not know about it, right? But you might have heard about it. Mm-hmm. So it's all over the world. All the surrounding fishermen, Thailand, Japanese, Chinese, they all turn pirates. Because here's what happened. Wow. People in Vietnam, when we leave the boat people, our money is not even worth the, the papers printed on. So people okay. convert them to jewelries and gold. Okay. okay. So okay. they take this with them. So the, the pirates know this. So mm-hmm. they find our boat, which is no match for them. We can't outrun them. We have pretty much no no engine for the ocean, Hmm. uh, not strong enough. So they find our boat, take all the jewelry, rape the women, and sink the boat. That was mostly killing. They take all the food, all the water, and everything. They're pirates, right? They take everything. So 
we were lucky enough, we didn't run into any pirates, but at 13 okay. years old, I remember seeing floating bodies, so must have been one nearby recently, right? Wow, That's wow. pretty scary for a 13-year-old boy. Unreal. So we had about a day left of water, gas, whatever, that I was told later. Huh. And we got lucky. We didn't run into any pirates, but we yeah. ran into a friendly ship. So these are commercial ships just happened to pass by in this vast ocean and saw us. Wow. That's the escape plan, man. So... What happened then is they call into the nearest refugee camp. Okay. And Red Cross has set up all this refugee camp back then, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia. Hmm. Where we were, we were closest to Malaysia. Okay. So they called the nearest refugee camp. They came out, pulled us in. And I remember the check-in process to give you a shot. You get to declare where you want to go to. So my uncle, who's my dad's brother, lives in Minnesota. Okay. So our plan was if I ever made it, I would declare I want to go to the United States. And my uncle, that's how I ended up in, in the cold Right now, I'm looking out snowy Minnesota. <laughs> Interesting. I was going to ask you how Minnesota. I know, yes, right? So, but here's this, the next part of the story. Mm -hmm. The island I was at in Wikipedia page, it's called Bidong, B-I-D-O-N-G. Okay. It was nicknamed Hell Island at the time. Considered to be the most heavily populated place on earth. Wow. I was one of 40,000 people in the size of a football field. Okay. Not the best clean living condition, I'll tell you. So wow. I remember the first night after we went through our onboard process, what it was, mm -hmm. and it was very crowded, but I found a little spot on the beach okay. and it was like kind of quiet. And this moment, Greg, I share all the time in this story. I didn't know at the time, but when I was older, I looked back and go, that was kind of the defining moment of who I am. Okay. A lot of us call it a why, right? Mm -hmm. Who we are. Sure. And what people tell you is, Usually your why is defined between the age of eight and 15, usually. Okay. It's usually an event or a period of your life that shape who you are, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's pretty important at that age, you know, to have the right mentor, to have the right parenting, you know, all this other stuff, right? We don't realize how we're shaping who we're going to be for the rest of our life almost, right? Yeah, well So said. I remember finding a spot on the beach and it was late now. And I remember just breaking down and crying all night. It's the first time, Greg, I emotionally cries, what I call it, right? Wow. 13, I've been hurt before. I've cried before. I didn't oh, get yeah. something, you know, tantrum, yeah. whatever you call it. Sure. But it, what had happened was it finally hit me. Hmm. I remember looking across that ocean, Greg, and I remember thinking, I get emotional a little bit sometimes thinking about this moment. Yeah, and I remember sure. thinking, wait a minute, am I unlucky? Because everyone I know is on the other side of the ocean. I'll probably never see again. My parents, you know, my friends, my brothers, my family, and I already knew my job. If I ever made it, a flip of a coin, I have to figure out how to take care of myself and then take care of all my family back then. Right. I mean, that's a lot of pressure for anyone, wow. especially a 13-year-old boy, right? Uh, agreed. I remember crying, 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 and I remember also thinking, wait, or am I lucky? Hmm. Am I lucky that I freaking made it and I'm here and I have the opportunity now that potential I could made it to America right. instead of living in that life living condition back there. Hmm. So I remember struggle all night, man. I, I remember crying, crying, and, and time just like flew by. I didn't realize it. All of a sudden, the sun was starting to come up. Wow. I can hear people waking up, right? Hmm. Noises behind me. So I remember going, all right, you got to make a freaking decision right now. <laughs> and I remember telling myself, put your big boy pants on. Hmm. And I decided at that time, I'm victor instead of a victim. Wow. I remember telling myself, you are lucky, not unlucky. Hmm. So go figure shit out and then take care of yourself and rest your family. Oh, I did yeah. not realize at that moment 
how mindset is such a big part of who we are, right? Yes. I yes. could have been a victim. I could have decided I was unlucky. Mm-hmm. I could have gone through life and make excuses, right? Mm-hmm. I was 13 by myself. What am I supposed to do, you know? Right. So right. I didn't realize that, but that's my why. What I do nowadays, and I'll circle back and share the rest of the, the yes, camp yeah. No, this is great, Long. I love this. Nowadays, I love helping people, giving back, paying for. I love meeting people like you to share everything because I want to help people as much as I can because I never want anyone to felt the way I felt that night. Okay. Hopeless. Helpless. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do right now? I know nobody here. Right. I don't even know what's next, right? Do I go back? Do I go forward? I have no idea what the heck's going on. It was like extremely confusing. It's frustrated. It's 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 actually very stressful. It's it's, it's you just feel lost. Sure. And I just want to help anyone I can to take care of themselves and their family. And you know that that moment I didn't realize later on in life that <laughs> that's what defined me in that moment, right? So more crazy stuff. Camp yeah. life. Yep. The average people are there four to five years. Okay. I was an orphan. I had a sponsor because when you declare what country you want to go to, you have to wait for a sponsor. Okay. You didn't have family like I did. Church, nonprofit, you have to wait. You want to go America, Australia, Canada, wherever, you have to wait. I was lucky enough to get expedited. Only eight months. There's people that have four to five years. Only eight months. That seems like forever Only too. I know. Same like I'm telling you back then. Yeah. So my first night of sleeping, which would be my second night, mm. I didn't sleep much because I was waking up to freaking rats the size of my puppies now. <sighs> Just imagine really dirty living condition, man, of 40,000 oh, no. people in the size of a football field. Mm. So pretty crazy. Um, and here's the crazy thing. I went through all that, um, you know, got picked on because I was an orphan. I remember putting together a group of five boys, four girls, all orphans. Yep. Maybe my leadership skill started there. I got <laughs> together. We kind of band together. It's like later on, I read the book, you know, The Lost Boys. I, I didn't even know that that's what we were doing pretty much. Wow. At nighttime, man, we go hunting for rats. Hmm. We actually named them just so that we're not scared of them, right? <laughs> um, of course, they have Vietnamese name, but they're like John, Paul, whatever, you know? Oh, so, wow. like, hey, we you know, and uh, we grill them. We didn't eat them. They have disease, mm. but they smell really good, by the way. So, oh, my gosh. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember that whatever country you declare, once you get accepted, mm-hmm. twice a day, you go to class, they teach you, then it would be me, English, mm-hmm. you know, the culture, all this stuff. Wow. And then you line up for food because they don't let you cook there because you can burn up the whole camp, right? Okay. So it was pretty crazy, like, but mm. every morning, the intercom system would go up about 7, 7.30. Whatever you're doing, you sleep, whatever, everyone pay attention. It's like, quiet. Mm-hmm. It's like winning the lottery. They announce the name of the people who gets to leave. Wow. About once or twice a week. It wasn't every morning, but it was like uh-huh. when that thing come on, like everyone pays attention. Huh. I remember my friend who wanted the nine in our group. He's been there like four or five years. He literally says, I'm going to be here when I'm 18. You know, I don't, I, I'm probably going to get married, have kids here, you know? So, because uh-huh. he, where he went to, he didn't have family. He hadn't gotten a sponsor yet. Huh. So I remember my, my name got called. So this is another thing that you and I are fortunate enough to have been doing really well. Sure. A lot of times we have this guilt feeling, right? Yeah. Like we felt like we're guilty because we have more than somebody else and we want to get back. But I know we still feel that way. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking and saying it to this one adult that we can all look up to. They're like, just someone who happened to be that was really nice to us. Yeah. I remember telling him, I got my name called. I remember, oh my God, can I give it to my friend's name? And I kind of got this little light across, slap across the face. Long, shut up. You take this thing. You get out of here. I remember feeling wow. guilty that 
my friend hmm. who's been there, man, you know, freaking four years longer than me. That's crazy. When you're 13, you have conversation with a 13-year-old guy that says, hmm. I have no life, you know, what am I going to do here? You know, he even said, I might be better to go back to Vietnam and be here, you know? So, wow. so those are kind of stuff. Anyways, I got to America, live with my aunt uncle. Um, here's a crazy thing. Yeah. So they took us in. They had two kids of their own, student housing. You know, mm -hmm. it was awesome. But my younger brother made the same trip two years later. He also got lucky he made it. And he made it to Indonesia. Wow. So his camp, he has rats. I mean, he has snakes. Apparently snakes eat all the rats. So he had no rats, but just a lot of snakes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he made it over. Uh, when I was 18, we moved out. I worked three jobs, putting myself through school at University of Minnesota, raised my brother from eighth grade to a senior in high wow. school until we graduated mm. and I got into mortgages my first 15 years and then my last 14 in real estate so this is my 29th year in the business that's a quick little story of who I am but long first of all I have to say this for anybody who's watching or listening whether it's live or, or if it's after the fact I can say this with full confidence that was one of the most if not the most inspirational <clears throat> upbringings insane adventure it's such a, a, a crucial time frame and a youth to be, you know, in your teens to 12 and 13 and everything that you went through, that is, that's a, that's like a movie it, it, that you just described a script to an incredible movie for somebody to watch and experience someone's life and hardship and, and all the, the, the constant focus and, and to better and to move forward. And I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And, and again, I appreciate your, your passion and level of emotion. I mean, I could feel it long and, and I, hopefully everybody heard it if they didn't see it, but when your name got called and in your heart, you said, can I give that to someone? I mean, you're 13 years old. You've been there for eight months. You went through this insane trip multiple times and then finally made it through after what seemed like an attorney three days in that area. I can only imagine what an hour would be in there, let alone three days. And, and to all the, the, the thoughts that must be going through and your family and all, I mean, and for you to just give that away or, or attempt to get, I mean, huge character, the, the, the integrity and the character at that point and you talking about the beach and you forming who you are and, and putting your big boy pants on, like you said, and doing that. I mean, there are full grown adults that would crack and crumble under many of those circumstances, many of those. And, and you did it at such a young age. And I know for a fact that you're the man you are today because of everything that you went through in that time period. And you've been able to touch so many lives and inspire so many people because of, I mean, that long, if that was the whole episode, I'd be like, you're welcome, everybody. You should be inspired and motivated and grateful and thankful. I mean, there's so much to that. It's it's unreal. So long. I want to thank you for that first and foremost. Now, I do want to go into the the real estate side. So when you went to Minnesota, you got there, university, you're raising your brother, all these different things are happening. Why the mortgage industry? Why did you get involved into there? And then what was the transition from the mortgage industry to real estate? And then again, to where you are today with 
what you've done and what you continue to do in the real estate world. So tell, tell us details. On yeah. That. So, you know, first of all, my personal story, I share that a lot because the reason is this, I want to tell people if I can freaking do it. Anyone can do it. Right. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, so you know, that what people don't realize is not where you came from. It's where you're going. Mm. When you get the mindset in place, right. There's a lot that can happen. So, so um, great. I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I went to school for electrical engineer because mm -hmm. I'm Asian and I'm good in math and science. Right. Sure. And I thought that was what I'm supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. And then a year into it, I realized I hated it because I, I'm a people person. I love people. So yeah. the lab thing, the isolation, I'm like, I just didn't like it. So I switched to communication yeah. uh, and business. So yeah. that's what I, I did. And then when I got out of school, my spring uh, semest semester, they still went by then before we switched to trimester. Mm. Uh, the job fair was out there. So I interviewed for a bunch of jobs. And then uh -huh. uh, I happened to interview for mortgages, hmm. right? A bank, okay. uh, a local bank in town. So they're like, hey, you know, you're good with people. You're also good with math. You know, mm. uh, this is a pretty, you should try mortgages. I'm like, you know what? What the heck? You know, and of course, when, when we grew up, doctors, attorney, that's all the things you're supposed to do, right? Uh, engineer, right? right? Yep. Mortgages, what the heck is that? You know? <laughs> Why would you later do that? On, I'll share with my mom and what I do. I'm like, what is that? You know, mm. uh, <laughs> what <is> that? <laughs> so, uh, well, first of all, we talk about the, the American dream of owning a home. It mm. truly, truly, my parents grew up in my grandparents' home, who's now my aunt uncle lived there and my cousin. Wow. It's not that easy to buy a home in most places, man. Not like in America. Okay. Sure. So, so that the concept was pretty hard for, for, you know, my, you know, my family to understand. Right. But anyways, I went and went to mortgages and, uh, you know, I quickly learned really fast. I'm a quick learner. Now I'll, I'll tell it again. There's three ways we learn as human. Mm -hmm. Okay. One is considered the easiest. It's, it's okay. by imitation. If Greg to figure out how to do something, I'm going to imitate, man, because why reinvent the wheel, right? Right. Uh, in school, we call it cheating. and in, in life, we call it sharing, right? I so love that. It's, okay. It's way to learn. Uh, yeah. The second way to learn is considered the hardest is by experience. Hmm. What I went through, right? Yeah. What I learned through experience is awesome. I never want to wish on anybody, but it made me who I am today. Agreed. Okay? Yeah. Wow. The third way is considered the most noble is by hmm. reflection. Okay. Hmm. You can reflect on what you imitate. You can reflect on other people's experience and mm -hmm. yours. That's why I share my story because I want you to reflect on it and, and learn something versus oh, yeah. having to go through what I go through just to learn it. Okay. <sighs> so, so that's for me, I was really, I'm like, a, I love learning. Mm -hmm. And a fact, maybe people who knows me know that number one, I hate reading. I, I don't have the patience to read. I'm high D. I just want to get to, to the yeah. point, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but for me, I know that you need to learn okay, mm -hmm. every day. My goal is to, to be the better version of myself from yesterday. Well, I'm not trying to be Greg, be Greg. I'm not trying to be whoever, just me. Okay? Yeah. So every night, my reflection time is every night, it's my routine. Every night, hmm. I, look, I look at my calendar for the day, reflect on my day today. Okay. I met Greg today. I was on the show. How did I do? Could I have done better? <laughs> you know, did I make a difference in somebody's life? Could I have done something a little bit better, right? Wow. I reflect on my day. Mm -hmm. And then I look at yes, next day. Okay, what's my day look like tomorrow so I can be prepared mentally for? Right. But every night I look and go, okay, did I learn something today? Mm. And I have to be honest with myself, right? Yeah. Did, I, am I, did I grow today? If not, I have a couple of books by my bed and I read 15 to 20 minutes every night. That's okay. almost like my penalty sure. if I didn't learn something. I but because that. of that, I'm, I'm reading 20, 30 books a year, right? For a guy who hates reading. Wow, okay. So, so that's how I learn and grow. But <laughs> um, so with mortgages, I, I, I was learning, learning. I remember like one of the youngest branch manager, I moved up quickly, Unreal. all this other stuff. I started uh, my own mortgage company with a couple of buddies. 
Wow. You know, this is back in the 05, 06, 03, 02. Mm-hmm. Things were really good back then, right? It was right. really easy. Sure. Um, and then, of course, the market crashed. Right. So, so that was people also close to me know I'm really bad with direction, Greg. I'm one of those. <laughs> I, I live literally six miles from my house. Yeah. Eight minutes for me to get here. Three turns, I still use GPS to get home. Uh, okay? yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I always say that because I'm probably thinking of stuff. I might have missed a turn. So I want to remind them. But anyways, I right. want to go in real estate, actually. Mm. It sounded like something pretty cool I want to do. Okay. I knew it was an American dream. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm new to America. I want to do all this stuff. Yeah. But I couldn't find, I could not figure out the King's map, A4, B2. Wow. I, I didn't want to get lost meeting people and yeah. showing them homes. Hmm. So I went to mortgages. So in 07, when things got really crazy, mm-hmm. okay, um, I remember, you know what, I'm going to get my license. GPS was starting to be popular. Okay. <laughs> and cool. uh, I remember I got my license. I told my wife, I'm going to get my license. A lot of my real estate friends was telling me, man, w- w- what are you doing? Are you crazy right now? Look, look what's going on. I felt like I was a fireman running into a burning building, everyone running out, right? I'm getting wow. to real estate. Everyone's getting out of real estate. Yeah. But what I saw was what I call leading and lagging indicator. Hmm. I was on a mortgage side. The leading indicator was, I remember the type of loans was being done over there. I mean, wow. 100%, no money down, investment property, interest only, negative hmm. AM, you know, we call them the, the liar loan, sure. um, where no income, no asset. It's crazy. Wow. I remember having conversation with, people who are buying investment property at the time, mm-hmm. zero down, right? I'm like, you show me your financial, you got no reserve. What happened your tenant don't pay you a month? Who's going to make a mortgage payment? Right. Okay? They didn't think that way, right? Wow. And then uh, another gentleman came to me, was referred to me from an agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he was a janitor. He owns mm-hmm. a small cleaning company, have a okay. small little commercial account and mostly, you know, a whole residential account. Sure. And, and because he pays bills, I said, hey, I met with him. $500,000 home in Minnesota. That's a pretty actually high price home in wow. my market. Sure. I remember meeting him and I said, you qualify for a loan, but you can't afford it. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, well, I have loan program. Like, you will qualify. You pay your bills, right? Yeah. We call them a stated loan. It's mm. really a liar loan. Yeah. I just tell them whatever you make and you qualify because you pay your bill. Huh. But you can't afford it because I know how much you bring home because you show me your bank statement. Right. He's like, well, thank you, Long. Guess what? Went to his agent went to another lender oh, and did the no. loan. I had a few of those calls later, long, I should have listened to you. Mm-hmm. I lost my home, you know? So anyways, I went to the real estate side and yeah. right away I got into the bank loans. Okay. I'm like, hey, this stuff is a leading indicator. The lagging indicators, they're gonna come out over here as foreclosure. Wow. I remember telling my friends at the time, hey, this foreclosure thing was just starting. Mm-hmm. Short sales also. I think this thing's gonna last for a while. Come on, long, oh. this is real estate. It's, it's a hiccup, right? It's not gonna happen. Interesting. So. It was the same business. I call them the people business. Yeah. So I remember researching out and go, hey, I need to go build relationship and, and you know, and meet people. Mm-hmm. So my kids were young at the time. I oh. remember telling my wife, hey, honey, I'll see you tomorrow. And every three weeks or so, I fly to Dallas. Okay. Freddie, Fannie, Hutt, all the big banks were down there. I seek out asset managers. I asked for a meeting. I would $104 round trip, I remember, nonstop. I yeah. go down there in the morning, hmm. two coffee, lunch, cup of coffee, dinner, happy hour, a cup of coffee in the morning, I fly home midday. I get six meetings, eight meetings in every time over about a year. Mm-hmm. I get to know them, know the spouse, the kids. I ask them what their challenges were, what would they like to see in the, in the foreclosure when they have a foreclosure or uh, in Minnesota, you know, what do they like better? And then they introduce me to other asset managers. So now I believe in the people business. Beautiful. Especially it's people and business. Mm-hmm. So with business, system run business, people run systems. 
Wow. I built system and process around what they share with me, right? Mm -hmm. And I plug in the people to help me. So in 2009, I started Realty Group. And I now call all my friends. Guys, I'm ready to go. Let me know how I can help in Minnesota. Greg, I went from zero to 400 properties in like six months. Unreal. I closed a thousand transactions my first four years in the industry. <laughs> I think I was number five in my state. People were like, who uh, the hell is this long guy? Where did he come from? Uh, you know? <laughs> and it was 2014 is when we decided to grow the brokerage. Okay. Group. Okay. So my okay. business partner, I call it the RG 2.0 at the time. Because okay. 1.0 was just me. Love it. What's called the team bridge model. Hmm. I, I ran my brokers like a team, right? I just yeah. had my own brokers. Yeah. yeah. We had eight agents. Today, we're about to hit 600, I think by tomorrow, and we're on, on pace to hit 1,000 agents here in the state of Minnesota. Wow. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really having a good time making a difference in people's life. Uh, Long, you're, again, your story just keeps getting, I don't know, to me, it just keeps getting better and better. It's, it's so inspiring, so motivating, but you're, you're, what the tall tale sign is that you're talking about people and systems and putting in massive amounts of work and effort and, and really making a difference and impact in, in, in people's lives. And, and again, if you do things the right way uh, consistently and you really put that maximum amount of effort, you see the results and, and, and look at your living, breathing proof of that. So not just the insane story from, from the beginning, but just the, the growth to success and the continued success. Cause in my opinion, long, I mean, yeah, you've been in this for, for quite a while. And you said since 2019 with Realty Group, but you know, prior to that on the mortgage side, it feels like you're just scratching the surface, even though you've done so much already. It, it, I get that feeling. And I'm sure the people that know you and love you and respect you, they know that that's the truth. There's so much more to grow, so much more to give. And um, that to me is absolutely incredible story. And you know, you just hit some in insanely, you know, incredible opportunities for everybody who's around you and working with your, your clients and, and your, your friends and your family and, and ultimately your business partners and the team itself is, it's incredible long, but I want to go into the portion. And this, this question is everybody tunes in to, to really have perspective from the Titans to, to learn and grow and how they've scaled their business or things that they've really implemented that saw, you know, return or, you know, moving the needle in the business. So if you could look back at your career and there, I know there's a ton of examples that you can give. So go anywhere you want to go, but um, anything that you added to your business that took it from one level to the next that you really saw uh, the, just the volume increase, the, the production increase, and you can do it from a individual producer standpoint, you can do it from a brokerage standpoint. I mean, you already discussed your, your flights to that was incredible just in and of itself. What, what a huge nugget already, but any advice that you give anybody to listening or watching right now that way? Yep. Yeah, uh, what I would say is this, so we can circle back to the nitty gritty, how to grow a business, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're doing. What real estate agents, especially don't know in the real estate space is that whether you're an agent, a team leader or broke it, you're grown and running a business. Well said. Okay? So you have to keep that in mind, first of all. But before we go into it, there's the biggest piece I keep looking back to is mindset. Mm -hmm. You have the right mindset. It doesn't matter how, how well you know how to do real estate. You mm -hmm. know, if you're not consistently, like you said already, work hard at it, do consistently, it won't, mm -hmm. it won't matter. So, yep. but besides just the mindset, it's also growth mindset versus Ooh. fixed mindset, right? Love That's that. an important uh, uh, piece, I believe as well, because a fixed mindset is result oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, I, I want to close 20 transactions this year, only did 15. I want to mm -hmm. recruit 30 agents this year, only did 15, you know, 20. Mm -hmm. What you should be thinking, that's a fixed mindset. What okay. you should be thinking is, how can I learn 
on what I've done so far so that I can go from 15 to 20 transactions next mm, year. Okay? okay. So the part of learning is this. You constantly need to be improving yourself personally. Mm -hmm. In the people business, great. You and I don't show up to work and guess what? We flip the switch on to work mode. We put on a <laughs> uniform. We go to work, right? We don't do that. Right. We are, our business is a reflection of us. Well said. Our branding is actually personal branding. We may all have companies too, but it's uh -huh. who we are, right? Sure. Especially in the people business. I call it the culture code. The reason wow. people come to us is for one of those three reasons, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they stay with us. They want to be with us. Number one, they want to feel safe. Yeah. When they come to hang out with Greg and Long, they want to know that it's a safe environment. You're mm -hmm. not here to take advantage of me. You're not going to do anything bad to me. Right? right. The second thing I want to feel is connected. Mm. Do I feel connected with who Greg is, who Long is? You know, uh, your story, my story. I got to hear your story as well. You know, the, the 200 episodes when you get to share your story, I got to oh, listen to all gosh, that stuff. Yeah. You know, so all the other things that you share about how you propose to your wife and all this other cool thing, right? I feel connected yeah. with. You know, our people know my story, know my business partner Mike Bonier's story. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is to share future. Hmm. Are we aligned? Are, are, are we going to take them to where they want to go? Are we going to the same place? Wow. If not, why would they want to be with you? So sure. that's the same with your team or your clients. Hmm. Okay. So in the people business, I would say people before profit. If you take care of people, man, money will come. Well said. The commission breath is what we call in the industry. People smell it a mile away. Okay. Right. Yes. So, so don't have any of that stuff. But the mindset piece. Okay, it's very important to, to be aware of that. Also, personal growth. Mm. You don't grow yourself personally, you won't grow professionally. Okay? Wow. So mm. forget about all of the workshop you can go through, how to do a better listing, how to get more leads, how to convert them. Work on you and your mindset first. The mm. National Science Foundation said on an average, we have at least 50,000 thoughts a day. Wow. 50,000. Mm. Of course, most of them subconscious, right? You're not even realizing you're having them. Sure. 95% of them, Greg, are repeated, which means you have negative thoughts. It's repeated 95% of the time. Ooh, so yeah. you need to learn how to control your mindset and feed it positive stuff because your mindset will then produce your action. Whatever mm. you feel, right, it's going to be action or inaction. Sure. And then your action or inaction is what resulted in whatever the result is. Wow. So yeah. it's so important to not overthinking it mm -hmm. and focus too much on the business itself, but more focus on you first. I wow. think that's ultra important, right? Once you, you do that, you can start working your business. Hmm. So for me, uh, I think, first of all, uh, people need to understand that it's a system. And mm -hmm. the system run business, people run systems. So figure out your system and your process. Sure. Uh, for me, it was when I first started doing real estate, I was new to it, right? Mm -hmm. So I right away start building system. I go on, I call it the and then if exercise. Wow. And then what? And then what? So if I go to uh, to meet an asset manager and they let me meet them, and then what? All right? I mm. confirm. Okay. They say yes. And then what? I show up. Okay. I'm not here now. And then what? What I talk about, the family, myself, get to know them. And then what? Then mm. they give me what's called an assignment. They give me a property. And then what? Okay. I got to go do what? Mm. Occupancy check, put a lockbox on, all this stuff. I do wow. the same with my listing presentation, my mm. buyer consultation. What people don't realize that you got a built out system process because mm. here's why if you don't have it number one you cannot improve it you don't know awesome. what it is how can you do better right mm -hmm. so once you built this process you look and go oh i could have been more efficient while mm. i was away there why didn't i take the picture why do i come back later you start like getting mm. more efficient at it yeah then and only then you can scale wow. more many people like i'm doing eight deals a year ten deals a year i need hiring an assistant well your your process and system so inefficient 
Mm-hmm. You don't need an assistant yet. If you improve that first, you can do 40 deals a year and wow. keep more of your money before you need an assistant, right? Mm-hmm. So having process system, and then you plug in the people. Mm-hmm. So then you hire people who are really good at what they do. Sure. And then you start focusing on what you should be doing that's best for your business, which wow. means working on your business versus in your business, right? So the mm-hmm. one exercise I love doing is this. It's kind of a SWOT analysis, right? You know sure. SWOT, strength, mm-hmm. weakness, opportunity, threat. I would just say any agents listening, the first thing you should do, business owner, whatever, write down two columns, mm-hmm. left side, income producing activity, right side, production supporting activity. Hmm. And write down the tasks you do every day. If you don't like me, I'm very organized. I look at my calendar and I know what I've done for the yeah. last two weeks, right? Sure. How do I just journal it? Keep it for two weeks to a month. You'll start seeing, wait a minute, I'm spending like 10, 15%, maybe 20% of my income producing activity. Wow. 80% or more in my production supporting activity. Mm-hmm. This is how we help our agent double the business the first year with us. That's the average, right? 104%. Wow. All we did was flip the two. Hmm. You can almost quadruple your business and actually work less. Unbelievable. Okay? So, I mean, those are the few things that I think that people kind of, you know, uh, should definitely try. Well, Long, but what you mentioned into there, I mean, there's there's so many pieces of knowledge that's that was built into that. And I, I, I hope everybody heard uh, you know, all the takeaways. And, and if you didn't pause it, rewind it, listen to it again, over and over and over again, learn from this man, because he's a wealth of knowledge. But to, to me, when you're talking about the fundamentals of your mindset, uh, as you were speaking, I just envisioned in my mind, uh, the foundation of a home. And, you know, setting up your mindset in the positive way and really being able to uh, to, to have it rock solid is going to allow you to build that solid home on top. If your foundation's weak, you're, it's going to crumble. And it's, if your mindset's weak and you're not thinking the way you should be, none of the rest of the systems and processes and leverage points, it's, it's not going to work. It's going to fall apart. So that's so important that you mentioned that long and, and hopefully that, that hit people's hearts and their minds. But then once that is, is built, you, I love that breaking the columns down, looking at both sides, where's your revenue generating activities versus the daily activities that are getting it. It's kind of the working in versus working on your business. As you mentioned, I, I, I think that that's incredible takeaways uh, all the way through and through long. And I know that you and I could talk about this stuff all day long. I, mean, I don't even yeah, know how right? long this has been going. I will tell you this long, and this is the truth. This is the best hour or however long we've been on that I've spent all week period. Ooh, I mean, this, this is that's awesome. A, a incredible conversation, absolutely motivation, motivating and inspiring, but, but tactical and, and useful. And I know that everybody's like long is incredible. If they don't know you, they, they know you and love you. Now the people that do long, I, I understand why there, there's just so much love and support for you and your brand and what you do and why you do it. Um, I, and I, I just can't thank you enough for, for taking the time long. It's just been absolutely incredible. Any, any final thoughts or last takeaways or, or are you good? Where, where do you want to go from here? Yeah. You know, I, uh, what I encourage people to do, and I, I believe this, yeah. when, when you can give back and pay it forward, that's when you grow even more. Hmm. The reason I love talk, I mean, I, I've had conversations where I've seen some posts on Facebook and said, just I am me and I'll help you out. And I remember this one vivid conversation, some guy, yeah. I can remember his name, Beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I get called, I'm like, okay, tell me again why we're talking. I know <laughs> if I volunteer, yes, right? I remember telling him how to grow his team. And it was about mm-hmm. 30 minutes into the conversation. And I remember hearing like some voices in the back, I can hear like a, like a, a woman's voice. Uh-huh. And then I, and he finally just said, hey, Long, hold on one second, he come back. I just want to tell you, that's my wife. And he's, she's saying, 
what's in it for him? Why is he telling you all this stuff? Wow. Mm. And remember, he's take no, this guy doesn't want anything from me. I'm just there sharing. Yeah. But here's what I will say. If you learn how to do something and you can go back and share and help other people, mm. here's a cool thing. You actually get better. Because when you're trying to mm. teach somebody, you're going to want to get better at it first yourself. Or you mm. start looking at yourself in the mirror and go, wait a minute. I tell someone to do that. I'm not even doing that. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I encourage that. I don't care where you are on your stage. Mm. Always help someone else who's just starting out behind you, ahead of you. There's always something we can all learn and share. So anytime you got the opportunity, take it because you never know what one little thing you can do that can help change somebody's life. Long, I, I, I know you're a true practitioner of, of what you do on a daily basis and, and you practice what you preach, my friend. You're, you're living proof of, of true work ethic and greatness and um, you know, real inspiration out there to not just the real estate world and community, but just the world in general. And anybody that is in your life, uh, you know, is absolutely blessed, myself included, because I, I, I feel like this, this conversation has just, uh, really, really shifted a lot of thought processes and, and really made, uh, I think hopefully everybody out there question and think and, and reevaluate what's going on. I will stress to everybody who's watching and listening, please reach out to Long, follow him on all social media platforms. I'll have links down in the comments below. He is a wealth of knowledge. This has just been a tiny piece of this man's knowledge and greatness. So hopefully it's inspired and motivated you. And I know it has for me, but Long, I can't thank you enough for your time and uh, your support. You are an official real estate titan. So I have to dub that in. That is an official Woo! thing. You can wear that brand proudly, my friend, um, among so many other great others such as yourself. So thank you again so much. Thank you for having me, Greg. Yeah, this is great. And everybody, thank you as always for your time and attention, your love and support. If you like here with Doing with Real Estate Titans, don't forget to like and subscribe. You know what to do at this point. I do have to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Lionbolt Media. If you are a real estate professional and you're looking to dominate the digital end in your local markets, generate brand exposure, lead generation and conversion to more transactions, visit lionboltmedia.com. We are live here with Real Estate Titans every Tuesday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody in the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Long.